it slicked back like that? Uh, yeah, actually, this is how I used to have like slicked back hair the past couple years before I let it grow due to the pandemic. Um, so yeah, slicked back mm-hmm. hair, Zach, was a thing for like 2018 to 2020. And you wore it just like that? I mean, I don't know. This isn't an exact uh, replica of what it looked like, but it was, you know, it was probably like down to like right right where my ears are, I guess. And I, you know. I mean, I, I feel like we're bringing back <laughs> Slick Back Zach. New name, Looking Slick like... Back Zach. Slick Back Here, Zach. You know, maybe, maybe we've shifted from stranger <laughs> to shift back. Shift back Zach. Sh- sh- shift back. Slick Back slick Stranger back. Zach. Um, uh, Zach, are you drinking, are you, are you drinking alcohol or have you, are, do you feel, are, I feel like you're feeling yourself a little, like you shaved, your hair's back. Have, does this mean that like you've, you, you feel like you hit your weight that you were looking for with your alcohol uh, not consumption? Not quite yet. This is a, a passion fruit LaCroix. Ah, boo. Ah. Uh, uh, oh. uh, I, I haven't, I haven't cut out beans like, all together. Like I'm drinking on the weekends a little bit, but I've, I've just tried to reduce like during the week. Moderation, man. Moderation's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Hard fucking thing. So fucking hard. It is. It's hard. It's really hard. I told myself that going into this quarantine that I was like, I was like, I won't even buy a bottle of booze. You know, I'll just be like two weeks. I won't even notice. You know what I mean? That like, I'm not drinking. By 8 p.m. yesterday, I was Googling like (laughs) alcohol delivery, British Columbia. (laughs) Does uh, <laughs> what's the app that we what's the uh, app it, we yeah, use in like, the city? What's the uh, Drizzly? Yeah, so Drizzly our sponsor work in Drizzly DC. <laughs> our sponsor for the for the episode Drizzly. If you're looking for um, liquor, but you're too drunk to drive to get it, <laughs> Drizzly. Drizzly. Are you at are you in an Airbnb? I'm in an Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, I'm shooting a movie here for eight weeks. Um, uh, but, uh, Ooh, I, fancy. um, but you're, but you're Our on, and Adam so is it fancy? This is my job. <laughs> so you're there. So, it's not fancy but, anymore. So you, so you're there for 56 days and you're on day three of that, right? I'm on day three. Yeah. All right. Have nice. you guys started shooting it? Yeah. But the first, no, the first 14 days are really intense and coming into Canada was really, really intense. Um, I had to like, there, what, what, when you get into Canada, you have to um, quarantine for 14 days, and it's super strict. So it's like, they're like, the police come by, and like, they check on you, and you have a key fob, and they like track what? your car, and they ping your phone. Yeah, and like, you cannot leave. And if you leave, it's like, so do they check in on you? Or fine. Um, yeah, they check in on you via via app Whoa. ping, and they send police to your door. But, um, yeah. But what intense. about with the, oh, okay. so so you 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 basically are quarantining for the first fourteen days before you could even go to set or talk to like and yeah yeah yeah. That yeah yeah, I'm not even close to that yet. I'm on day thirteen of like a straight up you know what's intense funny? isolation. Not to uh, shift the topic too fast. Remember that triplet that I was talking to a while ago? Yeah, she got cast. She got cast for some HBO Max dating show. Cool. But they well, I'm so they sorry flew for her out. Right. To, to, I'm heartbroken. They threw, <laughs> flew her out to um, Lake Tahoe and made her quarantine for two weeks, basically alone in a hotel room. And they, like, wouldn't bring her food. They, 
they were like she's so she's a vegetarian and they would just keep serving her like bacon and meat and all of these things and like basically she is this part of the reality show the, the right meals it was just like really fun i asked her sounds like you're, sure. you're you're kind of so, explaining then, like a kidnapping hostage situation <laughs> and not a right. movie and work then, and the craziest part is that the show was shooting while she was in quarantine and she kept asking like am i going to be added to the show am i going to be put on the show and they were like uh we we don't know we don't know and they wouldn't so. give her any answers and then uh she's there for like over a week or so just miserable and then they tell her uh we finished the show we're gonna send you back you you didn't get on the show Oh, was it a oh. reality show? It must yeah. have been. Oh, it reality must have been, yeah, because I was like, oh, my God. But, but well, first off, you don't want to date You sure anybody. they didn't just, like, put, like, a camera in her room and the I don't, were like, I we're just going to feed this vegetarian bacon <laughs> <laughs> and, and see and see what happens. And then we're going to tell her wild. she didn't and get the job. Like, Welcome back to her, how far will you go meal. for your beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> How bad do you want to be a reality star? Right here we Stick have around. an Orthodox Jew, and next to it we have baby back ribs. <laughs> let's let's check in on the triplet now. <laughs> would you, Rabbi? Would you eat this rib for twenty five thousand dollars? <laughs> no, fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the rabbis are like, "I'll do it for ten. <laughs> Little Myers. I'll get you to. What is that guy? Uh, I mean, I hate to lead. I hate to lead with anti-Semitism, but well, speaking I, did you read his just, response? Yeah. His response was first off, not proofread grammatical errors everywhere. Secondly, um, I was taken aback at like the use of that word while playing video games. Like I've heard well, that's the thing. Sorry, I've heard a lot of no, no, no. I've heard a lot of racial slurs. Like, it, it's just like that when he, when that's in your vocabulary like that. I mean, it shouldn't yeah. be at all. But like it's when it's like that, that's head. like yeah, that's like that slips out all the time, probably. Yeah. All right, the time. when he's playing, and I'm yeah. sure that's not the only thing he, you know, yeah, when he's playing 2K, but or Call of Duty, whatever he's playing. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, Mickey Arison is a Jew, big time. Do you think that he cuts him? He's owed like ten million dollars, so my assumption is is that he's probably going to try to use him in a trade, if at all possible, coming up at the deadline. I think that right. was their plan all along, pre, uh, you know, anti-Semitic slip up. <laughs> slip what do, up. What, what do you think? What, do, what would you get? Whoops! <laughs> that's, whoops. <laughs> that's, putting, that's putting it lightly, I know, but. <laughs> what, what kind of value did he have prior to the slip up, and like now? I mean. Can you get any? You can't get anything for him. I mean, he's on an expiring deal, you know. So, like, if the Heat were going to take back a long-term deal, or if they were going to package him with another player, um, mm. I also feel like this is something that our our guest that'll be coming on shortly uh, will probably have a little bit of insight into in terms of what what the Heat will be doing at the deadline. But yeah, my guess is that they they probably signed him to that big nine million dollar deal because they wanted to use him as trade fodder. Is this is is it two questions? Is this his is is, is it expiring this year? Because that'll be easier to move. Exactly. And yep. and, and secondly, um, like, uh, do you think he now can run for senator as like a Republican in Florida? 
Grew his base for sure. Definitely, right? Like his approval oh, rating went sure. skyrocket through the roof. Tommy Lauren I mean, probably got a jersey already for he's, sure. He could be part in. of that like weird X Meny, like disabled alt right crew that they have. <laughs> right. You right. know, where it's like the dude in the wheelchair, the dude with one eye, you know, Myers Leonard is like seven <laughs> feet tall with a bumped shoulder. And it's like they all get together and they're just like, you know what we all hate? Jews. <laughs> anyway. Let's talk to our, our guest, esteemed guest, um, uh, a real NBA head, contributor to, to, to you name it, Sports Illustrated. Um, uh, he is a, um, a, again, like, it's such a pleasure to have a real um, NBA uh, writer on the show because um, I, we don't know anything. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome Rohan Nadkarni. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for being here. Um, I have a story, but Adam Pally and I have actually met before. I don't know if you remember this. <gasps> That's amazing. I don't. I wouldn't. Clearly, clearly I wouldn't. Doesn't. Don't we I all have these course. stories? Rohan, I would not expect course. you. I would not expect you to remember this. No, I remember. I remember it to the day. Okay. Tell us, it was, Adam. It was. It was. I don't. You must have been. I think you were promoting a movie that yes, came I out was. two I or was. three years I was. ago. Yes, I was. I was promoting. I honestly don't remember. But you Me either, because on... there's so much. No there's so right, much. right, right. I have so well, much. Well, we we've hung time. out so many times since then that it's hard to. Mm-hmm. For but sure. You can't. We were doing a web basketball show at SI, and you came on, and I was I was hyped because I was like. You know, we'd always have like a, hey, this person's promoting something. Do you want them on? And it was like, always, it was like, if they're a basketball fan, sure. But I was a huge fan of Happy Ending. So I was like, yeah, we have to have Adam Pally on. That's awesome. So you did our, no, hey, you did our web show. It was a lot of fun. I think my like co-host wasn't ready for like your talk show demeanor is what I would call it, is what I would describe it. (laughs) Sounds like we shouldn't go into it. (laughs) No, no, no. It was a lot of fun though. But anyway. I'm here now, so returning the favor. <laughs> oh my God, that went yeah. really bad at the end, Rohan. I, I really uh, am nervous about what I did. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's like that time where you bombed. Come back for some revenge. No, yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah. you just you just were like messing around, and I think that in a way that like I was like, I've you know I like consumed your comedy. I guess is what I would say. Right, right. So I feel like so I was you knew probably what I was more. Up to. Yeah, I was like a little bit more ready for it. Can I call you Roe or no? Is that bad? Please, no. Please go ahead, Roe. Yeah, absolutely. Roe. Um, so, Roe, what's up, man? How you doing in the quarantine? I'm good, man. I'm hanging in there. I um, I have not seen my family since. This sounds like a castaway type situation, but I like my parents live in Florida, so I'm like extra terrified of the thought of going to Florida. As you can We're imagine, it's like a wild west. Like no one's wearing masks. Like, I'm convinced that if I went there, I would somehow give it to my parents. So <laughs> they finally got the stab. They got they got juiced up. Um, they I got, like this. I like all this Conseco. vernacular for yeah, it. They yeah. got the Seiko, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, like I'm so, talking to Dane Cook. Yeah. Oh, no. That's so rough. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <That's> so rough. <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. No, no. I mean, it just does sound like, doesn't that sound like a Dane, like if Dane Cook was I doing can like see, stand-up? I can see the Dane Cook influence, certainly. If like, if, if Dane Cook was doing like stand-up about the I, vaccine, he'd I, be like, I actually you guys put... get your prick? Anybody here? Anybody here get their stab? 
I actually, um, at the bottom of all my You're articles, I put, I, I put that this was inspired by Dane Cook. Just a little oh, editor's note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm so, sorry for you losing your job. <laughs> but anyway, I'm fine. There's light at the end of the tunnel for me because I'm going home next month uh, to see my family. So I'm excited about that. But other than that, my dog who's with me, who's been with me throughout this pandemic, who will probably interrupt this podcast at some point to bark at you a dog that, that walks uh, outside our apartment. Yeah, man, I'm just riding it out. Thank you for asking. How's everyone else doing? We're okay. Are you alone, if you don't mind me asking? I am. I do. I live alone. I'm in uh, Los Angeles. I'm in the Los Feliz neighborhood. Mm. Um, so, you know, feel free to come wave at Is that where Doug Los lives? Boulevard. That is right near where Doug lives. Yeah. Um, Sam and I's uh, best friend, Doug, lives. Oh, um, nice. I don't want to give out his address because... Um, <laughs> I well, I'll be give it out later. Okay, I'll give it out later with a, with a distinct... Um, message for all the listeners and directions <laughs> but uh i asked rohan because um like i i i am not at my house i'm in i'm mm-hmm. in vancouver right now oh wow and they're making you quarantine for 14 days before you even start working mm-hmm. and so this is the first time in the pandemic that i have been alone oh really? um yes and i am um i don't like it it, not to be morose right off the bat here, but I, I have like a friend who I talk to on the phone like every day and it's probably like the only way I'm staying sane. But, you know, I've, I feel like on some level, I've forgotten the things I used to do pre-pandemic. I'm like, what was my life like? Like, what, I've mm-hmm. just gotten so used to being alone. I, I'm a little bit like apprehensive about reintegrating into a social situation, like all those things. And yeah, it's, there's like a, I'm very excited for this summer. It's going to be great. Like I'm doing any drug that someone puts in front of me. Like, let's go. Hell yeah. I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's but go. I am a little nervous about like the lingering mental effect about all this. It's tough spending all this time alone. Yeah, it is. It must be, it must be really, really hard. I know Katie has been alone, but she's not been observing the quarantine at all. Um, <laughs> I'm not alone yeah. anymore. I have uh 50 new roommates, oh, all the right. people I met in Times Square. And <laughs> we're having a lovely, we're running a lovely, running a lovely shared bed, single room situation. I, I went from like, it was like, oh, I'm having a like cute, fun, fake conversation with my dog to like, it's month 11. And I'm like, you know, just I'm practicing interviews on him. I'm, it's just gotten oh, yeah. really unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I know it, man. I know it. Well, I mean, like, just just even in the last like 48 hours, I I have caught myself a couple times, which I'm sure you you've had to do this in the, in 11 months. But the amount that I talk to myself, like the longer that I'm alone, the discourse between myself and the <laughs> muttering right. and the stammering as I walk from room to room and forget what I was gonna do and then sit down and divide the day. It's like I'm a mental patient right now. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's a very strange. So how has it affected your job, bro? Like, um... good question. First of all, it's interesting because there's like there's been a couple pros in a weird way, but it's definitely pros and cons. So I did a uh, story for our NBA preview show on Anthony Davis, which was really cool, and I was really excited to do it. And I had to do like the interview over the phone, um, and like that sucks. You never want to do that. Um, and normally so like, you're going to like you're going to like a photo shoot or exactly to, so i was yeah. lucky i still crashed his photo shoot but like you know everyone's masked up you're staying distance like no one's trying to it's just a whole different vibe so you know 
not to sound like a like real Johnny journalism over here, but you know, the thrill in doing my job is writing a story that you feel like you're telling people a story they wouldn't get to hear otherwise. And, you know, I think about like when I was, a, a, you know, in high school or college or whatever, as an NBA fan, like, and I'm reading a Sports Illustrated story, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like they saw, you know, what is it like when Anthony Davis is like chilling on the balcony of his apartment or eating lunch? I don't know, just the random things you feel like you can't deliver, That that's kind of sad. On the other hand, a funny thing that's happened during the season is it's like, you know, normally if you want to get a player on the phone for an interview or something like that, it's like, oh, he's coming to LA. He's got like eight commitments where now it's like, oh, he's stuck in his hotel room. They have nothing but time. They'll give you a call. Um, so like, that's a, a funny thing that's come from it. But I would say the, the biggest impact is, you know, you're just, you're missing all that, that color that you like to tell normally in your stories. And then also so much of the, the job is like relationship building, just being there in person, you know, the random conversations that happen in a locker room or, you know, I mean, bumping into you, people in the arena. Yeah. Do you have, you know, like, obviously the famous one is like Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali, but like, do you, do you have a, a couple players that you're boys with that like, they trust you for, for the way you write and your opinion, you know, you're not going to do them dirty and, and like, um, have those relationships sustained where like, you know, you're, you're, you're working the same beat, you know, just because they're playing and you're writing, it doesn't mean any, neither of you are working harder or less hard than the other. Um, so like have, have those relationships sustained or gone away? Another, that's a really good question. Um, they have, which is cool. I, a lot of it is just sustained with like the teams you're really used to working with. Um, so like, you know, you know, certain PR people super well who are like always willing to help out. Um, it's funny. There are like a couple of players who have done a bunch of stories on, um, but b both of whom are not currently in the NBA. One was uh, Dion Waiters, uh, the GOAT, the legend, uh, one of my all-time favorite. I, it's funny that you guys were talking about Myers Leonard. I grew up in South Florida. I'm a pretty big Miami Heat fan, but he has he's had me blocked on Twitter for years. Um, <laughs> for years? For years, yes. Yeah, so, but Dwayne Wade- well, that could be racial, though. Yeah, that's Bro, true. I don't, I don't mean we, to, it could be racial. <laughs> there's no way, there's no way to know now. Yeah. I mean, there's a strong chance that most of the people on this podcast would be blocked <laughs> by- right. I mean, yeah. you have two Jews, a uh, Latin, Latinx, a, um, a Goyasha. I mean, I think everybody here would probably <laughs> right. be blocked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but Zach's got three Christmas trees left. So yeah, Zach who's gets the, by because his wife works at the CDC. Hmm. Who's the Latin one? What? Marco Bracamonte. Katie. Oh, me too. Very, very offended. And Zach Vanero. Which one was? Two. Which one was I? Yeah. You're the Goyesha. Oh, I'm a Goyesha. I thought you were we saying two, Zach was the Goyesha because he nodded two, when you said it. We have two <laughs> Latin. We have two Latin exes, two Jews, and a Goyesha woman. I mean, this Myers Leonard doesn't want to come anywhere near this podcast. <laughs> well, and I also, also check. I checked both the Latin and Jew box. Oh, you're pretty much, wow. yeah. pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. Wait, did you say? Wait, so Boyish is not Jew? You know I'm Jewish, right? <laughs> wait, you are? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> All right. I'm Jewish on my father. I went to Hebrew school. Wait, but Jewish on your father's side? Yes, I'm Jewish. I know. I know. Mm, no, sorry, killer. <laughs> sorry, killer. Bro, we host. We host the Seder at my house. You ain't getting in until you hit that mikvah. This is insanity. My, fa <laughs> my father's no longer going to join this podcast. He's the most Jewish. He's literally Larry David. He's, he's well, as wait. Jewish as Larry David. I can't wait to speak to him and tell him that his daughter's not Jewish. 
Uh, <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> so, Ro, so Ro, um, as the season, I guess, has has gone on, and and the players have gotten, you know, more more accommodated to to the way things are going. We're, we're pretty much at the halfway waypoint. Um, mm-hmm. What this is this is kind of the way we start with a lot of our interviews, but like. Wh- we like to keep it positive. Like, what what are some things that you really have liked this year? Okay, uh, also fun. I I appreciate that. I I have a lot of respect in general for you know. Obviously, the players have such a huge like vested financial interest in keeping this season going, right? Um, like, anytime people are like, I can't believe the NBA didn't put them in a bubble or etc. Like, you know, I I'm someone who generally is always going to take the side of labor or the players, but like the, the players are like really involved in, in keeping the season going. But I, something I've just really come to respect is like the competition is still really high. Like I haven't always loved this season just because it, it feels so different, but then like, you know, you just watch certain games. There was like that Blazers Warriors game just right before the, the break start, the all-star break and like Dame and Steph are going at it in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I just have a lot of respect for, the guys who have like remained so competitive during what's like great. Like, I don't know. We reached a point in this country where like people just accepted that things were going to continue and like things were going to stay open and people were still going to go to work, et cetera. And like, you know, we've almost gotten used to it or jaded by it, but like the fact that they're traveling around the world and they're not around the world, but I mean around the country and you know, the fact that they've managed to stay sane, I, I I'm really, really just impressed by it. like, it's been a really competitive season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that, that's really um, cool of you and 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 noble to to like look at it as a whole because I think sometimes, especially in the articles that I read, it's like you know it's 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 the NBA journalism journalist's job to to be critical and talk about the season, and maybe this is just like the actor in me who has also been like you know obviously fodder for press and whatnot, uh-huh. but like I feel like you pe- the, the players aren't getting enough credit for what's going on and they're not getting enough like uh shine and 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 kind of um, respect for the fact that they are out there for us you know they are taking a huge sacrifice for like the the 10 year long-term health of the nba like that's why they they did this season right it's not just because of the one year losses it's so that like the next five ten years of the nba's financial health uh don't get messed up and like part of me is also like uh, there's something i maybe want to write about or like realistically it's just going to end up as a tweet but like (laughs) there there either needs to be some kind of pension or just something to recognize that the guys who made the sacrifices here the guys who played you know that's that's benefiting people who are going to be in the league five six years from now when some of these guys are going to be long gone that's a really great point anyway uh what i was gonna what i was gonna uh ask you was so like, um, and this is something that we talk about a lot on Ball Sometimes mm-hmm. Live. Something very near and dear to my heart. What NBA players get down? Which ones party like for real? And what does that look like? First of all, like many, most of them, like most of them party. Uh, like no yeah, one's like, like no one's like no, no thanks for me. It's in season. Some of the guys like. <sighs> LeBron, like someone like LeBron just has so much to lose by not keeping his body in incredible shape that I don't think that he's like... Yeah, but he also has a, like a signature tequila bottle. <laughs> he does, he's know, coming like... out with a tequila. 
Um, loves his wine. Loves his wine. I do wine in every Instagram post. The the tequila boom. I'm like, can we sustain all these celebrity tequilas and wines? Like, what is going? Like, it's absurd. And I feel bad because it's like, I'm listen. The Rock seems like a cool dude. I'm I'm happy for him. I guess. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah, like, like. I love The Rock. He. I was having. I think he might literally be the most charismatic person in the world. Like, he is, you know, I, I, I'm starting to get a little uh, sick of his Instagram persona a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I feel that. his daughter every night. Well, just so, like the way he was talking to his daughter about like on Woman's Day. Did you see that post? When he was I like, I, I don't have Oh my God, it was so crazy. It was like the antithesis <laughs> of Woman's Day. Like the whole point of Woman's Day is like celebrate independence and like yeah, yeah. do whatever you want. And The Rock is like holding his like four-year-old daughter or whatever. And he's like say you're a pretty girl and she's like i'm a pretty girl and then he's like say you're a smart girl and she's like i'm a smart girl now say that the two are the same the two are the same it's like yeah okay the message is right but you're still like demanding behavior yeah. from her i i get like okay so i'm not like a gym warrior as you can probably tell but i can see how if like one of his like selfie gym videos pops up like how that could be motivating to you there's like a weird yes, sort of soothing co- yeah but he does he does all this weird shit too that I'm yeah. starting to get to. He, him and Mark I, Wahlberg I, like Mark Wahlberg's right. Instagram Wahlberg, I'm, I'm, not done. I am done I'm not with into that, that shit. I'm not into that I am done with all that shit I'm so ashamed to be shit. from Boston because of Mark Wahlberg <laughs> I mean let's not forget Mark Wahlberg blinded a motherfucker Yes yeah. you know? I also I'm For also being Asian. <laughs> I'm also a little frustrated with like the people whose like livelihoods depend on them being in incredible shape, being like, you got to hit the gym on a Monday night, no excuses. And I'm like, if my job was to be in shape like Mark Wahlberg, I could, I'd probably be a little bit more motivated. But like, I have to do like normal person things. That is such a classic misconception, though. Like, Mark Wahlberg's job is not to be ripped. That is <laughs> That's not also his job. True. That's he fair. has That's made fair. that part of his vanity. And, yeah, that's and fair. thus he's like, and now I'm doing protein shakes, and I'm doing dry fit <laughs> municipal warm ups, and I'm doing, uh, <laughs> and I'm doing a line of leeches that you put on your body that sucks the fat out, and I'm doing uh, water. It's called it's a new kind of toilet water that you don't drink but you piss in, and it, it's like you know that's not. No, his that's job. a good point. Mark Wahlberg's job is to be a good actor. And that's- I think that the real problem is like if you offered Mark Wahlberg a part, you know, like. He'd be too ripped for it. He'd be yeah, too ripped for like, most of them. Hey, yeah. we got this uh, part in Wolf of Wall Street. Like, sweet, is that a detective? <laughs> 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 you know, like, and he got a burger chain. And he got a burger yeah, chain. He's got a burger chain, yeah. It's just like, but it hasn't, doesn't... hasn't he weaned all the way into, like, I'm just going to keep making action movies with Pete That's Bird. true. You Which know, is like, kind of sad because he was a really, like, talented, like, He's one of our actor. nation's best. Yeah, I mean, he had a run. He had a run. He did. He With did. David like, he Russell. Was, and yeah. like The Departed, he was spectacular. The like Departed. very I mean, weird. He turn has a run. I mean, you could probably name five Mark Wahlberg movies that go in 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 the the all time canon. Yeah, for you sure. Know, I I would say, uh, Boogie Nights, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Departed. Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries. I would say. Um, uh, Fighters is really good. The fighter. Oh, the fighter. The fighter. The fighter. Fighter's, Fighter's great. Fighter's What's great. What's the first David the O. Russell? What was the first David O. Russell one he was in? That one was really good. It was. Oh, I think Ted I was fucking Huckabees. funny. Ted was yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And then all the business opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do the 
rest of this episode with that. (laughs) But going back to your question, like, it's also a part of it is just the something that I think a lot of people don't really take into account with like the NBA player lifestyle in a typical season is it's like your whole day is like shifted back several hours. Like a lot of guys like predicated on like taking a nap in the afternoon, like you're day kind of almost starts when you get to the gym like two or three hours before the game and then it's like you know you're so wired after that it's not like they're like okay it's 11 p.m like time to go to sleep but it's like i took a two-hour nap at like 3 p.m before the game you know what i mean so right. like, like they're they living, also they're have... living a rock star lifestyle in, in yeah, a certain way it's truly like they... truly why are there always so much so many cold cuts in a basketball locker room <laughs> that's a great question and what's also funny to me is it's like i've in my life of like going into NBA locker rooms, I've almost seen no one ever go to the cold cuts. Ever. Yet there's an ever. Enormous, I, I, we've talked about this several times on the pod. That's very funny. I think team staff is definitely like hitting the cold cuts. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, so wait, wait, wait. The, be honest, wait. both of you. Neither of you have tried the cold cuts? I was about to say, I, they, no, they I, ate I tried the, the, I tried the Adam's trying. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I have not tried the locker room cold cuts. I took it from cuts. him. Are all the locker room cold? Is all the food, is that all from like the state, from the arena? No, do I don't think so. No, I think no, it's no, like no, catered. Get, it's like deli It's plates. catered. I so will it's say good that, cold like, cuts. You see, yeah. now, nowadays you see uh, different things and like a lot of players get specialized meals. This is like, I have a very like stupid and like, I look like such a like shooby, but like, uh, like every now and then I'll go into a locker room like still wearing my backpack and I look like I'm like going to the first day of school and it's like oh who let like the kid reporter in and it's like I have my backpack uh-huh. on and one time Shane Battier was like trying to eat his meal after a tough loss to the Bulls and my backpack was just like all up in his face but like I'm trying to get into like a LeBron scum and like I think it took him like three taps to be like hey man I'm trying to eat I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry you know what um, I don't I don't have like a forensic chart but i'm just gonna say that i i blame you for shane battier's messed up skull (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if the backpack is what did it but i do know that shane battier's skull is a goddamn travesty it's a minefield (laughs) and i'm gonna say that your backpack was he has a uniquely shaped head i think that's that's as far as i can go so ro you've met like i mean tons hundreds of players do you have you don't have to name them specifically but is there one story that like just was so awkward that just didn't go the way you wanted it anything that like you can tell us um i got i got a few stories that are kind of like all over the spectrum i guess um one time i was interviewing Dion waiters at his house and his uh he was like playing madden and we were like i was like interviewing while he was like playing madden and first his all, that son sounds, was, first of all Fuck Dion Waiters for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fuck Dion Waiters for that. I'm There's sorry. A, you don't I know what you're saying. Madden. Here's the from thing. From a guy Here's who's been thing. interviewed hundreds of times. I never I once know. have I been like, uh, yeah, just sit down. I'm, I'm gonna be the Jets. Wait, uh, what are we talking about? What movie are we talking about? <laughs> there's something. There's something to be said about like getting someone in a relaxed environment, but. Um, his son really wanted to play, and Dion was like, nah, man, like, I'm on the sticks right now. You got to wait. He's like, that's really funny. Like, um, uh, one time he punked like, his son. Yeah, he punked his son. He absolutely <laughs> was like, he's like, you got to wait, man. He's like, you got to wait. I'm in the middle of some stuff right now. Uh, ironically, that's what he does when people are like, pass, I'm open. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. 
uh, one time we were doing a, like a video interview with Carl Anthony Towns, and this was when like Facebook Live was like everyone was like we're pivoting to Facebook Live, like Red Table Talk. We gotta have Facebook, yeah, we gotta have Facebook Live videos. And it was like they were like Carl Anthony Towns is promoting like Call of Duty. Uh, can you go interview him at this hotel? <laughs> Call of Duty and for Facebook Live, yeah. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was so uncomfortable. He's giving like one sentence answers. I'm like, I'm like, so like I bet you didn't go to a lot of your classes at Kentucky. And he's like, no, I went. <laughs> it's like, it's a live video. And I was like, my bad, my bad. Like I didn't mean to say you were uneducated. Like, you know, just so like that kind of stuff happens every now and then. I, but nothing super, super uncomfortable stands out. I've gotten like pretty lucky in that regard. It's more so like me just like being so uncomfortable in like physical spaces sometimes. Like especially that in must be so hard to navigate. That's so oh, here's hard. okay. Here's one. Big it's not, dudes it's, is fucking like towering <laughs> over you um all right zach let's get into it <laughs> oh wait, well, wait I should, to I start... the, should i do the theme song yeah do it yep we're we're nailed it it gets, it gets better sued. every time now, wait now do the theme right song now. as mark Wahlberg doing the theme song <laughs> okay Wow, wicked, wicked, wow, very wow, wicked, wow, Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think the, the place to start is, uh, Ro, you wrote a, a dope piece right after the All-Star game, um, just kind of highlighting some winners and losers. And I just wanted to, since we're on the heels of the All-Star game, wanted to start there. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised just in terms of, like, the dudes in the court appeared to be having a lot of fun out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Steph and Dame were, were shooting half-court shots. Um, and, like, you know, Giannis didn't miss at all. Like, it was just, there was a lot of memorable moments with all the, you know, like you pointed out, like, all the point guards were, were getting their dunks in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what was it, what was it like, I guess, covering the All-Star game from afar? Because I'm sure you didn't come here to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, it was interesting, you know, first of all, All-Star Weekend's a lot of fun, there's usually, like, a lot of crazy shit going on, Um, it's always great to be there, like, I did one in LA, and that was when I was like, I gotta move to LA, this place is warm in February, Always been a dream of mine, it's always been, like, my number one dream, me and my- Oh, you haven't been? No, and (laughs) me and my friend, shout out Joe Mandy, the Don, um, me and Joe, for, like, the last, like, ten years, have been saying that, It, it is our true Hollywood dream to go- and wear like um, suits and have camcorders and watch the all. We weekend. will. We will genuinely. We'll find some reason through SI to to hook you up with something next. Well, next year's in Cleveland, so you don't want to go to that one. But the whole team. The, Thanks, man. That's awesome. <laughs> the bro. whole team. Yeah. I, need, <laughs> I need my whole squad. I need my whole squad. With me. Uh, we'll make, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. We'll. we'll, we'll there's yeah. got to be some kind of integration. I need my whole squad. Plus, learning how to apply baby powder and the All Star. <laughs> That's awesome, right. dude. Thank you. So. Uh, it's usually a lot of fun and there's like so much stuff going on. Um, I, I enjoyed the game for what it was. Like I thought once again, like the fact that anyone tried even a tiny bit considering nobody wanted to be there was pretty cool. One of my biggest pet peeves is like every single year people start complaining about the all-star game, but like secretly they love it and they, they want it to be a close game in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, you're getting paid to watch this basketball game. Please do not complain about like, Damian Lillard pulling up from half court to shoot a three. Like, 
it's a, a like a huge pet peeve of mine when like NBA writers are like I can't believe you watch this and I'm like I agree you're gonna I, be fine man I agree completely I love the All Star game I always have it, it, it's special to me and my wife we always try to be together on that weekend um, <laughs> I we, I love it it's just like I love it and I think that people um, forget honestly how special it is to kids you know like for sure the, like the growing ML- up i used to right. love it yeah that's the, what it makes me think of and yeah the mlb the mlb all-star game is amazing um the pro bowl less because you know no one wants to get hurt right. I, I always kind of just was like yeah whatever but i really do love the all-star game and i think that uh, they um, also i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no 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 no, no bro what were you gonna say i just i just want to say that they they have something with that elam ending idea and it you know it just didn't work this year why didn't guys it work were, this year they just weren't the fact that LeBron didn't play the second half I think my theory this is not a report but my my like deep down like galaxy lane theories he's like I don't want to be here like I'm not I'm gonna play I'm gonna show up I'm gonna do my duty but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna go above and beyond like the fact that he didn't play the second half that was kind of the I thought like the message that like okay we're we're toting this we're dialing this back a little bit but Next year, when like when it's like a full stands, when it's like a, a full arena again, guys are taking it a little bit more seriously. <laughs> That's true in Cleveland. Yeah, I, nothing else to do. It, <laughs> it's gonna work. It's gonna work again in the future. But you know, I think this year, guys, you know, just no one wanted to be there. It was obvious, and they still did. I think did a professional job, but it wasn't gonna be like you know last year where I think they were really having fun with it. Yeah, yeah I think it was a great game. What do you think of Giannis MVP over like Dame or Steph? Though or Steph. I, I know Giannis was was picked. No, <laughs> or but Steph. I mean, I, I thought I, I, I thought Dame. Fan, Rohan. He's I, a can't threw, <laughs> I can't believe you threw. I can't believe you threw Dame in there. No, but no, I, I thought Dame should have won the MVP. To be honest, I thought I thought he mm. kind of won it towards the end there. Uh, but yeah, but Giannis was perfect from the field. But like, come on. In an all-star game when nobody's starting I first of all, Mark, talk your shit, okay? I yeah. I, there's like a running Thank joke. Thank there's you. like a running joke amongst like all my coworkers about how like I will find a way to insert Dwayne Wade into any basketball nice. conversation. So I I know exactly where you're coming from. All right, I got this job just to use my platform to like further evangelize the greatness of his career. <laughs> I got this. Um, I I got on this podcast just because they didn't men- mention right. Steph Curry enough. Honestly, I exactly. That's the only reason why I'm here. I would listen to these uh, episodes and they would be no Steph, and I'm like, that's it. I got I to hit Sam. If <laughs> if Giannis had missed if Giannis had missed one shot, Dame would have had a case because of how great he right. was to close that game. Right. It's just like once you go perfect from the field, even though it's like when you're the biggest dude and literally nobody's trying, it's it would have been hard for him to miss a shot, even though he banked in a couple of threes, which was absurd. So it, once he was like perfect from the field, it just it was always going to be him. But Dame, sure. I think, was equally deserving for sure. Yeah. Zach, what were you going to ask? It? You had a question there? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, to the point that was made earlier about, like, the All-Star game being this thing that it was, was such a part of my childhood, too, growing up, was, like, mm-hmm. All-Star Saturday night, you know, which, like, sure. yeah, we, got a, we got a condensed version of it this year, you know, with, like, the skills and the three-point being before the game and then slam dunk at halftime. But, like, you know, uh, I, I, actually, I, I guess I'm curious, you know, what Roe thinks about the slam dunk competition this year because, like, I was – I was super underwhelmed, um, not only with the participants and sort of the output, but ultimately, like, the ending was, like, I don't know, it was super flat with just, like, all right, the judges are going to pick one player, and by default, it's Anthony Simons. Okay, this is how you know capitalism is, like, really, really shitty, because you're really telling me, like, 
Coca-Cola couldn't put $5 million of cash in a briefcase and put it at half court and say, whoever is like getting, like, we don't, like, Jeff Bezos could like sneeze up that money tomorrow. Like, this is what, this is how I would fix it, okay? I agree it was underwhelming. Like, they're just like, there's too much for guys to lose and not enough to gain, which is why you need some kind of like, I think, absurd monetary prize and like, you're gonna get like Zion and some other crazy people involved. Another issue they have, and this is a problem every year, is it's like, are you judging the dunks against each other? Are you judging them historically? You know, I thought the first dunk of the night was one of the best ones, but he got a 44, it was Cassius Stanley. And it was because they were like, this was good, you know, but we aren't sure if people are going to react even bigger to the next one. So we kind of have to play our cards close to the chest. This is what they should do. The first round, everyone dunks. They don't score the dunks until after everyone is gone. That way you're like judging them against each other. Love that. I like that. And then I, yeah. And then I think, and then I think the second round, you do the same thing again, where you just have the judges vote on a winner instead of doing scores. That way it's like you can, you can, they can take into account the earlier dunks if they want to, or like, you know, you avoid the, the Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones scenario again. So, but I I just think think like, they need to make it worth these guys while. I'm sorry. To add on to that. No, to add on to that row, I think, I think there's another thing that I would do with, I I agree with both of the the ideas you said, right? I think there's another thing that I would do, which is I, I don't like the judges being former slam dunk champions. I think that it's bullshit, and I think that you can't trust an NBA player at all to, <laughs> to have an open mind about a new player. I mean, the fact that Jason Richardson is out there, like, you, you know, giving shit, like, 44s, like, who the fuck <laughs> is Jason Richardson? He's just a player, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care that he won a dunk contest. Like, it, it, it can't be that. It's why, it's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like had to give up its its status as like only mm-hmm. the people in are going to vote for it because it's like you can't do that in these in these in this type of thing it's not you know i i, I used to hate seeing like you know um dr j give a duncan eight you know and it's like <laughs> that's uh, a really good point that i've never thought of but now that you're saying it i'm like i'm like this makes perfect sense and i well, think they that's all have why the, LeBron they all have the personal ties too the personal that, ties, like the personal ties, like between the players and the, like Dwayne Wade, basically your boy, uh, he sabotaged uh, Aaron Gordon, right? <laughs> because uh, he voted for Derek Jones Jr. Same yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And like, and I mm. think that 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 you you can't trust an NBA player, especially one that has been in that contest or won it, to protect their legacy versus the. That's game. a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think I it needs agree. to be like, involve I, fans. Like, this is who needs yeah, to vote on the dunk celebs, contest. Yeah. Balls sometimes lie. <laughs> That's who needs to be the judges. All right, no, bye, guys. I'll <laughs> like it needs to be an impartial. <laughs> it needs to be <laughs> impartial. It can be it, like I don't even like it being NBA writers because I feel like they'll. Do the same no, thing that's as a, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't NBA disagree. players, they will hold it. Bro, up that's to the way, man. I, that's the way you get us there. Yeah. Just sell us as judges. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying. However, you need to get us there, Rohan. We'll we'll fly ourselves. Okay. Okay. That's. I mean, that it's helps. Cleveland. We could drive. That helps. That's true. <laughs> Listen, every dollar helps. All right. I don't know if you guys know a lot about the journalism industry, but you know, a dollar, a dollar Do saves a dollar. Do people pay for stories? No, what do you mean? No, 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 no. Like, like not I you, mean, not you, but like, like Oprah and CBS. Like, did they pay Meghan Markle and Harry for that story? 
Oh, that's interesting. I bet Oprah's big enough at this point that like they will do that on exposure alone. But there are definitely people who pay or like, you know, I mean, I don't know if do you, I'm. Did you watch that Tiger Woods documentary on HBO? Mm-hmm. But like, For sure. you yeah. know, they paid. They yeah. pay, they did like a quid pro quo. It was like, you know, I think it was like the National Enquirer got a story and they were like, oh, kill that story and we'll do this men's health cover. Um, you know, there's stuff like that that definitely goes on. But I mean, SI, like we're fortunate enough that for the most part, like people to this day still want to be on like the cover of the magazine or in the magazine that like we don't usually do stuff like that. But I mean, there, there's definitely stuff like that goes on. I don't think Oprah would have had to pay just because, you know, she's freaking Oprah. So Yeah. But like CBS, like, like, like how does C, like, like, because NBC would probably want them too, you know? Or like Netflix, yeah, I mean, so like how 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 does that? I don't know. It, it just seems I, to be that's like, I, like I it's interesting. I haven't looked. That is an interesting one, and I haven't looked into that one specifically. I mean, obviously, like Oprah used to have her own network, so I was like, I didn't even realize it was on CBS until like later that night. I wouldn't be surprised if like they went to Oprah and then Oprah shopped it and be like, I'm gonna do this interview. Who wants it? And then I'm sure there was a freaking you, bidding war for did that. You she watch also had her best friend Gail King. Also She's in next Love Gail. Love Gail. Yeah. Love Oprah. I did, did you I watch? Mean, I, was, I was watching the game, so I didn't watch it. But, I mean, obviously, I was, like, following along on Twitter, and, like, I've seen some of the clips. Um, it is wild. It is, uh, I guess, like, as uh, an Indian person, I was always a little, like, uh, skeptical of, like, people loving British royals and, to start with. I, I like, always hated it. And so I saw, like, a tweet, and it was from Katie Weaver, who I have, like, a lot of respect for. She's one of my favorite writers. And she was basically like, we know it's dumb to, like, care about the royals. We don't need people responding to us, like, about that all the time. Which I agree to an extent. Like, let people like what they like. Like, you don't really have to shit on it. But there is, like, a a fundamental shitty flaw about them that you kind of ignore when it's, like, you just let people enjoy them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they're not the Kardashians. Like that, 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 yeah. that is my problem. Like, like the Kardashians seem harmless yeah. compared to the royal family. Well, un- a until, lot of until, blood on their hands. Until yeah. the Kardashians, the Kardashians. Can decide, Kardashians like, I mean, no. <laughs> well, now that now that the Kardashians can decide like who gets a presidential pardon and who doesn't, like, okay, maybe, maybe they're similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, no, I agree. I agree. It's not like just you know loving your favorite whatever. I agree. No, They're not the I mean, housewives. No, these are imperialistic murderers. Yeah, you know, who, and like who killed Diana, um, and all her ill fits. Um, <laughs> Dude, I want that, that Harvard North, sweatshirt you know. fit. Oh, that Harvard sweatshirt fit is so hard. That is such a it's hard. So fit. cool. I want that to be my Halloween costume for the rest of my life. She just, was so cool. Just wearing that, and the fact that he could only like afford to leave because he had the money from her. Mm-hmm. Fucking and that's when I beautiful got chills. storytelling. That, yeah. That's when I got chills, Katie. Not to like take this away from the NBA. No, please, please. Harry and I Megan. feel like we we we've touched them all so far. Like, why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> I. That's when I started to get really upset for Harry, yeah. because he was so plain and honest about his trauma, about the fact that he is like, you know, he's like, I I don't know how else to say this to you, but. My mother died in a car accident that was caused by paparazzi. So the paparazzi gives me anxiety and makes me mentally ill. And now my wife is suffering from it and we're having kids. And so I have to do something. And, and people are like, he's weak. Yeah. 
You know, like, I find that to be so Yeah, abhorrent. they're like, oh, what a baby. Like, it happens yeah, to everyone. Like baby. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, so what? It's, it's also, like, I, in no way, let me preface, in no way am I, like, saying that, like, obviously, like, what Meghan Markle is dealing with is on a whole new level of, like, racism. Um, and, you know, things Shout that she's Megan, went through. Shout out Meghan, by the way, my former yeah. love interest, co-star, what up, girl, I miss you. <laughs> Northwestern's <laughs> finest, Meghan Markle. Um for real, she but, was my love interest in a pilot. It really? What? Mm-hmm. For yeah. what show? For what? Tell us was, I guess I'm assuming it was, yeah. Yeah. It we was need more called. Deeds. Well, it it's still the, relevant. It was called The Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down. It was on Comedy Central. <laughs> it was directed by the guy that directed the movie Let's Be Cops. It, and it was terrible. It make, wasn't very. Damn. Did Megan have comedy chops? Or was she just like a. a she love was, interest? This was a comedy she was, to an extent, she, right? She was very good, really funny. And so insanely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can't focus when you're acting across from someone like that. Not to to take away from her acting chops Mm, at all. She's super talented, but like she was, she's she's a stunner and and so sweet and nice. We got along great. Um, uh, But shout out Megan, my girl. Yeah. I, I like, obviously it's incredible what she's doing and it takes a lot of strength. A really wild part of this to me is like, like Harry is walking away from so much, like and like that to me, like is nah, a dog. I, I get in it. the sense, he, you know, he like, literally you, thinks know, he literally. I'm telling you, like he sees a paparazzi and he's like, "That's yeah. gonna kill me." That's for gonna sure. Kill me. I, it's like I, a, it's like being it's like yeah. having your like your mother killed by bats and then moving to live under a bridge in Austin. <laughs> right. No. You yeah. know, it's and like, they weren't giving them security. And they took their security reasons. away, which means that he really is like it's seeing It's even these, worse, yeah. He's seeing these like looky losing cameras and, and he's not just thinking like, oh, they're going to take my picture. He's like, they're going to run me off the road. Yeah. You know, like. Right, yeah. I don't I, know. I, I feel like we're like all glancing over the trauma that that dude yeah, is dealing with. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. It's just wild how publicly he was like, fuck my biological family. Like, that, you, that doesn't happen a lot. I would too. Yeah, I would yeah. be. I would too. I think yeah. like at that <laughs> yeah. at that point, I would too. Also, like the racism involved. I have a theory. Right. Like, I think that 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 dark skin comment was his dad and his brother. I don't think it. I think that's why he's like not talking yeah. to his dad and his brother. <laughs> you know, like, and then he because he made a point. He's like, it wasn't the queen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, take us back in, Zach. Take us back in. I'm sorry that I I went on that. Rant. <laughs> No, I would no, like to talk about good. Emily in Paris later, too. But go ahead. <laughs> Can we talk well, about The Affair, uh, an old show from Showtime that I've been binging? <laughs> oh, dude, um, I watched... I've seen all of The Affair, so yo, I'm, I'm Mc, ready. Mc, McNulty is a horned dog, all right? McNul- oh, Mc, this, McNulty sure. gets it in. Mc, McNulty just cannot stop fucking. Is there it's a wild. better looking just, old man than McNulty? Yeah, I, 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 he, every time he takes a shirt off in this show, I'm like, hey, How man, old is McNulty? 75? <laughs> uh, well, Ro, what I got news for you, man. The show, the show does fall off towards the end, man. I don't know how far along you. Oh, are. I've seen season three. It was rough stuff. It was rough. Is that when stuff. they go to Paris? Was that Paris? Yes. Is that when they go? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they it got gets you. it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, traveling, I was going to ask you about. Um, nice you, know, you talked about the All Star experience. One thing I personally always wanted to do that I was actually going to do last year and then the pandemic mm-hmm. happened 
was going to Summer League. I've always wanted to go to Summer League Me in Vegas. Me too. Oh, dude. If that's real this year, we should go. I mean, I'm I agree. still a little nervous about going into a casino, but Summer League, Summer League is a dream. I've actually been? never to been to Summer in League. August. Really? So, really? Just it's, looked it up. It says NBA Summer League reportedly to return to Las Vegas in August. NBC Sports. I oh can see Rohan, can you get us a, can you get us a spot there too? Let's dude, let's road trip. This is a this is a serious request. Listen. Let's <laughs> we'll rent a van, we'll road trip out to Vegas, we'll film it, we'll make it a whole thing. I like you know if we all met here and did it, I think it's feasible. Sold. Where do we sure. have to pitch it? Who do yes. we pitch it to? Let's pitch it to Sports Illustrated. I'll talk to some people. You let's got it. Ooh. I have I honestly we can use my trailer. I think that would be a lot of fun. I honestly think we should. We'll figure something if out. You guys don't would be mind, a lot of fun. If you guys don't mind, it, all, it, doesn't, it, it just has a bunch of couches and a makeup <laughs> chair. But I think we can all fit. Yeah. I think that would, the, the more awkward the accommodations, the better the, you know, the better the Okay, great. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, this um, is going to be great. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> Toilet I, is broken. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only a four hour you can still use it but. if we met in los angeles it's only a four hour drive so um, i've never been to summer league this is the issue with summer league is it always happens like right after obviously the finals the draft mm. and free agency and so it's like some people really want to go and i'm like i'm going to take a vacation i'm going to move apartments moving in, on august 1st is a big deal for me because I can't really do it any other time of the year. So I've never been, I do, I mean, like, I've loved traveling to NBA cities. Like, um, I have, like, a, lots of great memories of being in, like, cities that I, let me tell you something. How Oklahoma's, often are you moving? This is really fucked up, but I've moved, like, <laughs> four times in four years or something Jesus. absurd. In LA? Like, That's horrible. So I did it in New York. My last three years, I was in... My last two years, I was in two different apartments, and then my first two years in LA, I've been in two different oh, apartments. Oh, I can't do that. That's too much. Yeah, it's stupid. I, I deeply regret it, and now I might do it again just for an in-unit washer dryer. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but no, that's a legit like, reason. This is, this is my NBA Definitely. travel. This is my NBA travel report. Oklahoma City has some of the most underrated food of any city I've been to in America. Really. I went to a ramen place. First of all, I didn't know this, but, like, Oklahoma gets cold. I just assumed it was, like, just dusty and, like, people Mm. with toothpicks in their mouths year-round. No. Dusty is not a climate. (laughs) It gets Um, dusty. Fair. Fair. You should be freezing and dusty. Dusty is vibes, though. You know what I mean? Like, dusty is vibes. They report storms on the weather No, dusty is vibes, but, like... But, anyway, I was, like, freezing my ass off in OKC, and... I went to a ramen place that was revelatory, like easily. And I, you know, I'm not like, a, I like to eat. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert here, but you know, I've lived in LA. I've lived in New York. I think, think I've been to a lot of like really well-regarded restaurants and food scenes, etc. Like I was blown away by some of the food I had in Oklahoma city. No, OKC is nice. I've been there. I've my, I've actually, I, I was fly, I was connecting through Dallas and my flight to OKC was delayed and just kept getting delayed and so eventually i was just like fuck it i'm gonna drive so the only car they had though available was a pickup truck so i i had money on it that i was probably the only jew at that time driving from dallas to okc in a pickup truck you (laughs) mentioning pickup trucks by the way reminded me the two times in my life that i was like maybe the most scared that like harm was going to come to me was one, every time I drove by a pickup truck in Texas, 
I was like, this person's going to look through the car and be like, who the fuck are you? And like, just, I assumed everyone there owns a shotgun. Um, I wonder if we drove, I, I wonder if we yeah, drove yeah. past each other. Um, the second time was, uh, <laughs> Both I, you I got it. The two of you like, yeah. make, <laughs> make eye contact. Like, yeah. Another farted. Yeah. <laughs> the other time was I got an email from my boss, like, uh, like three days before this event. And he's like, do you think you could cover the McGregor comeback fight in Vegas? And I was like, that sounds kind of fun. And it was like, there was like me and maybe two other non-white people there that I saw like the entire weekend. Does that maybe happen? Four, Does like, that, not to get too heavy on, on mm-hmm. you because obviously, you know, we meet everyone's dogs and <laughs> Katie's barely dressed and, and you know, we, we, we're not really, you know, like taking Please, this. As, like but, I said, let, let's, let's go down the rabbit hole, brother. <laughs> yeah. um, do you experience racism like that um in on a daily basis in your profession because um the uh old school like kind of thought of an nba writer is uh-huh. like uh an older white guy with like a plaid shirt and a tie and like a members only <laughs> jacket and like a, and yes. like a, a buff right. scout's hat you know like how how do do sometimes you encounter like microaggressions? I'm sure you encounter microaggressions, but like you know, does it does it happen a lot? It happens. It's there's it's a double edged sword. I'm not a double edged sword. Here's what I'd say. One of the reasons like I really love covering the NBA more than any other sport is I I genuinely feel like the forget the leagues, but like the people who cover it. I think it's like the most progressive group, like um, the most diverse group, like. Not to, there are a lot of great NFL reporters. The president of SI's union covers the NFL. Shout out to Jenny Rentis. But like, I just think that like en masse, like covering the NFL seems fucking miserable. Like I couldn't <laughs> do it. Um, but I feel like in the NBA community, there's just it's just like there's I feel like there's way more people who are openly gay or LGBTQ or diverse or women, women of color, whatever. Not that it's perfect, and not that there's not way more work that needs to be done. But I personally anecdotally feel like it's a step or two ahead do you feel like oh sorry well having said that like it's stuff that like i look back on now and like you know my first couple years in the industry i just was so committed to like getting to a certain spot and quote unquote making it that i like i didn't really think about anything i just had my head down and was like i i need to become a staff writer that's all that matters right now but, like, sometimes I look back on stuff, and it's, like, it's, like, something in between a microaggression and aggression. But it's, like, you just, like, you hear comments or, like, people will say things to you or, like, people will act surprised about a certain thing that you did that you're, like, you wouldn't feel this way if it was someone else. Or, like, people being, like, oh, I, like, I, you know, I, I this is going to, there's no way to say this without, like, sounding like I'm bragging. But I mentioned, like, I did this Anthony Davis story, and. You know, it was for the cover of our NBA preview, and, you know, I interviewed him, obviously, I interviewed LeBron, like, it's very rare that LeBron does an interview for a story that he is not the star of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, obviously very excited and thrilled about it, and I'm grateful that I had that chance. I don't look at it as, like, you know, part of that is just, like, my imposter syndrome, too, but I don't look at it as, like, oh, I, I deserve this more than anyone, like, I, I haven't, I do feel grateful. At the same time, people be like, you know, someone reached out to me and was like, oh, like, I, I can't believe you got those, like, one-on-ones. Like, usually they're done this way. And I'm like, you know, I, 
I write for SI. Like, this isn't like, like we've been doing this our entire oh, history of our podcast. magazine. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, um, it, you know, and you just like, you hear stuff like that or like, you know, part of this is also just mixed into like, we, it's such a shitty industry right now. And there are so many writers out there who deserve jobs, who could be doing the job I'm doing. Like, and that sucks. And like, you know, we've had layoffs at SI and there's like an element of survivor's guilt that you feel at the same time. Like you, you can just sense it sometimes. Like I, I talked to this with other like immigrants or writers of color in the industry where like, sometimes you can just sense when like a white person thinks they should have your job a little bit too much. And like that's really uncomfortable. Like you, it's hard to explain, but like, you 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 just know it. Like you just know it when you're in my position. And stuff like that is like, it's shitty because like I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, oh you're gonna pull yourself up from your bootstraps and like I worked harder than everyone else, which is why like I get to do what I do. Like I worked hard. I I put in the time, but I understand that like you're gonna get breaks that other people don't get. Or uh, when I did internships, my parents paid for my rent. Like I'm. I'm fully aware of like the advantages I've had, but it's like shitty sometimes because you can definitely sense it. Um, where like just there's like a there's like an element of condescension you feel like you're always fighting against, and like mm-hmm. it just like exacerbates that imposter feeling you have. Yeah, that must be really hard uh, as someone who has an imposter feeling, and and you know, um, it, without anything else, like I just feel like I'm a fake without it. So. You know, having other people tell it to me constantly in in a myriad of ways would be really, really challenging. Um, I commend you. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it, I really appreciate that. It's like it's I don't I don't ever want to portray myself as like, oh man, like I'm overcoming all these hurdles. Like, but uh, something that really resonated with me, like, you know, I feel like a cool thing about this current time that we live in is like, we are finally seeing like some more like representation in the things that we watch or whatever. And like, you know, in like his stand up special, like Hassan Minhaj, like there's like a, I'm not going to do the bit Kings certainly fan. or uh, yeah. Whoops. Kings fan. I am pronouncing my friend's name wrong. <laughs> well, he was pronouncing it wrong for a while as well too. He okay. was pronouncing it. Cause so, I have known Hassan yeah, yeah. for You're over right. a decade <laughs> and well, have never pronounced he was... his name. The way you just did. Well, that's how he pronounced it publicly for a long time. I think he like went on Ellen and was like, this is actually how now it's you this. say it. Yeah. Yes. So, but he, you know, in his like special, there's like a part where he's like, you know, he's like, I, I have so much like sympathy for like, you know, my black friends who are like obviously targeted way more than we are. But he's like, he's like, we need to have like conversations about racism that aren't just like, you know, the, the big flashpoint ones, like, that aren't yeah. just like, and you know, obviously like people getting killed by cops is like the, the, your issue, the big issue, like that, what I'm dealing with obviously pales in comparison to that, but that doesn't mean it's not worth talking about. And I, that was something that was, it was really validating to see like other people talk about that or like Steven, uh, Ewan, who has like a profile in GQ written Loved by Chris Kamali. Got everywhere. Yeah. Sucked up. Every, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I, I really do, uh, think you brought up an interesting point about imposter syndrome, which I think, uh, you know, I don't know like all the ins and outs of it, mm-hmm. um, but I know that I do have that. Um, I think a lot of people who are in the arts have it because of the nature of 
the way the profession is set out where it's like you know um not everybody makes it or whatever mm-hmm. it's like you know so there's something about your skill or whatever that 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 separates you and when when that happens it's easy to feel like you're no different than than everybody else but you are you're special um but everybody's special but this is how you're special so you are different than than them but it's so hard to like accept that because you just keep going well they could do it too they could probably do it better than me you know and yeah, like it's true it's true i can't imagine adding on top of that the way that i already feel a layer of every white person assuming that you're not doing the job as well as a white person could instead of getting angry at that i think i might go inward and be like well maybe i'm not maybe i can't yeah that that is really what happens and that's the tough part is it's like very hard to separate also just like the the personal growth you want for yourself or like the ways in which you like i'm sure like whatever project it is you're doing at the moment like you probably also have a level of like i'm not a finished product like i want to improve and sure it's it's tough to separate that like the room you have i'm shooting sonic the hedgehog 2 right now are you really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They were making a sequel to that. That's awesome. That's very Yeah, cool. they're making a sequel. Is there it what go. is it what I thought I would be doing at 39? <laughs> no. Fair. Did I think and, did I think I would be accepting an Emmy in a hoodie like Jason <laughs> Sudeikis last weekend? Yes, I did. Well, Ted Lasso's Lasso. great. <clears throat> Oh, such Lasso. a good, such a good Ted show. Ted Lasso is such, great. Thank God. We all such like Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is terrific. Everybody also, I've so good. I've told Ted Lasso. you, Sonic. Sonic is great too. Sonic's Listen, a different. I know. I know. You know Jason this... and I were the two stormtroopers. Our careers just happened to go in different ways. <laughs> Listen, I know. I'm not. I'm not just pandering, but I want to be clear that I meant it when I was a huge Happy Endings fan. I'm the kind of person who went out of the way to watch the first season. In order, not like the bullshit order <laughs> oh, they wow, put it nerd. on Hulu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, well, again, you know, no, you, no, I, I, I'm just kidding around. I, I, I know, <laughs> I know how, how um, uh, mediocre I am. But I, I <laughs> but, uh, but the point being that it's like it's sometimes hard to separate the room for improvement you want for yourself versus how other people are like unfairly feeling about you or that like pressure you put on yourself. Like you know that just it exacerbates it. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, all, all right. right. You got to give me the lowdown on Ja Morant. What's his long-term... What's <laughs> wait, his long-term... Wait, wait. Hold on. Rohan, <laughs> Rohan, let me explain why Katie wants to know so much about Ja Morant. Okay, okay, please. Katie is a recent Top Shot investor. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and she got a pack mm. that I paid mm. for. You, that, I didn't ask you to do. You sent me money. I didn't spend different money on the pack. Is, very true. That pack is blowing up. Okay. Okay. And one of the people in that pack is Ja. I and see. And she's trying to raise the profile of her highlight <laughs> so that she can sell it, which I'm all for. Anyway, I just didn't want you to go into this cold being like, why I does see, Katie I want see. to know about John Moran? I mean, let's just say I have a personal financial stake in John Moran's career. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's, he's one of the exciting young players in the game, right? I, I'm like, I have a weird thing about Top Shot. I mean, I haven't looked into it enough just because I'm like, whatever, man. Every couple months there's like some new big thing and I'm like, I'm going to see if this has staying power. 
I also like don't get like trading cards. I understand that like people have like a deep emotional attachment to it, but I'm like, these are only worth something because like some insane people are willing to pay two million dollars for it. Like, yeah. it, it's not actually it's not like a precious resource in the world. It's just something that. But for whatever reason that can be said about any that's true interest. that's true you know, like also, people line up for sneakers should, that's true right now should definitely still buy them <laughs> yeah you're doing <laughs> you're not really following the where we're trying to get katie's car <laughs> anyway right now you're kind of you're taking having, the down having said that <laughs> listen listen if you were going to invest in an nba player right now how could it not be john moran there, there so you exciting. go improving his outside shot Keeping the Grizzlies in the playoff hunt, even though they've been dealing with injury after injury, that says a lot about him as a leader, uh, let alone all, all of his crazy dunks, his fearlessness flying into the paint. Not a lot of players uh, as fearless as John Moran. So are we seeing uh, dude, him as Katie. a team leader going oh, God, forward? Katie, is he the next Just LeBron? ask the question. Just ask mm-hmm. How much money am I going to make off of this shit? <laughs> ask him if you should sell the card or not. Okay, should I sell the card or not? Or keep it? With the caveat that I know nothing about Top Shot, I can't. Even I can't see his. And I can't I need see to his, tell you that I know nothing about basketball. <laughs> I can't. I can't see his stock doing anything but rise over the next couple yes. of years. Like they're gonna start making the playoffs regularly eventually. Like, you know, some guys will drop off. So like, I feel like he's he's only gonna get better in the next two or three years. Do you think he's wow. gonna stay on the Grizzlies? He seems like the kind of person who would stay. He's also he's also going to sign at least one huge extension, so he's okay. going to be there for the next few years at least. Okay, this is all, all helpful. Right. <laughs> um, Mark, did you have a question before yes. we go back into yes. the league? I I got the well. Mine is kind of league centric, so it's kind of like a speed round, row. Like this Beautiful. is going to be this is going to be fast answers for uh, like you know, and then I'll have one that you can expand on kind of at the end. But this is right. this this one's very important to our to the ball sometime like text chat. Who has a better shot at the five seed in, in their respective conference, the Warriors or the Knicks? The Knicks. Oh, who, oh my God. Who, Mark, 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 I'll, I'll go ahead and really be upset with that later, but I'm going to accept it for now. Who, um, okay, will, will. Let's prolong this fucking text chat for like nine more hours. You better silent it, Katie, because it's going to come. Um, it's already silenced. It's, yeah. Here no, we go. It's, it's, done, it's done. Ro told you. The, the will, will, will Brooklyn, a team from L.A., or neither win the NBA title? Ooh. A team from L.A. Wow. So, and then the last one, the last one you could expand on, uh, <laughs> or will will require some expansion here. Uh, what what trade rumors going around right now? Um, do you think are the most real? Have the most legs? Like ones mm. that because because honestly, we're send so many trade rumors back and forth, and are on Twitter. We don't know what's real and what's fake. Um, yeah. I think the. The big one has got to be P.J. Tucker just because, like, they're obviously rebuilding and, like, the team's not been doing well to the point where, like, if they can get anything for him, it would be kind of silly not to trade him. So, like, that's Sixers, someone who would right? be – I'm not sure, but I, w- I would be shocked if he didn't get moved. Um, Definitely not a buyout guy, right? He's getting traded. I think he's going to get traded. I think someone will be like, we'll give you a second and a fake second for him, and it's something, right? Did you hear that report that uh, they – that they asked Miami for Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson in return for PJ Tucker. That must have been come fake, on, right? Come on, son. Yeah, that mu- that has to be fake. Who is the GM of no, Houston now? Isn't the uh, GM from Houston Papa John's? 
it's Raphael. Uh, it's it, they. Um, yeah, they're they're Oladipo is another person to keep an eye on because he's expiring, and I you right. know, if they can get anything for him, he turned that down, makes a lot he of turned down that extension him. too. Exactly, exactly. But a lot um, of people, I have a question, oh, real quick. I have a question about Oladipo. Yeah, please. Because he's an interesting player who has been linked to the fifth seed Knicks. Um, so Oladipo, I've watched a little of, of his game this year. Will he ever be the player he was? I mean, he's only 28, right? But he seems to be on skates. Like, when I say that, like, I don't see him playing hard. And that was always his thing, is, like, his motor is through the roof. And while he's not the most athletic guy, his defense is great and his basketball IQ. But, like, if he's on skates and thinking about his singing career, like, is this a guy you want to max out at the two guard? And, and by the way, his shooting percentage is also, like, it's horrible. DiVincenzo le- level. <laughs> That's a very tough one. First of all, I have to imagine he turned that ex- that extension because his agent is like, I'm confident we can get a bigger offer. And the thing is, it's like they always say this, but it really only takes one desperate team. Like, no one thought Gordon Hayward was going to get that money, and he was in way more dire right. Ola- injury straits than Oladipo, right? Yeah, I'm with you at- that, like, you watch him and you're like, there's there's something wrong there. But you look also look at, like, this year when he was in Indiana – like, it was obvious that the team was turning over to Brogdon a little bit. It was turning over to Sabonis a little bit. You know, they'd gotten used to their two-man game, and he was trying to figure out how to work within it. Houston's just been, like, I don't want to say, like, a disaster, but it's just been it's been chaotic, right? Like, people are still trying to figure out their roles. I don't know that he can be the same player he was when, like, that indie team, like, outscored the Cavs by 40 points, even though they lost in that seven-game series. I don't think he can be the player he was in that series. But I think he can come close to that player in effectiveness in the right situation. So what team, if you're, if you're Oladipo's agent, what team are you trying to get him on right now? I want to get him on a team that he's not necessarily going to have to be the go-to guy. Now, the, the downside of that is like, well, then they fully max him out. You know, uh, they might if that's what it takes. But like, I'm looking at it's like, Oh man, he would make a lot of sense in Denver, maybe next to Jamal Murray and Jokic, where it's like he can can he find a way to fit in there where he doesn't have to he doesn't have the burden, but they're gonna need someone like him. Like you but know, then, obviously see, Miami, that, that brings a question to me. That brings a question to me on that though is again like he needs to to guard the best perimeter player on the other team every night, which he used to do a plumly. I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Does he do that now? Does he does is that the same Victor Oladipo where if he's the guy on that squad on Denver is he like yeah I'll guard I'll, I'll guard LeBron? Probably not. I will say Denver in general like defense not <laughs> yeah, their priority. <laughs> um, you know, like Denver's like we're gonna roll out Michael Michael Porter Jr. and see what happens. Uh, so I that's a, a good and fair question. Like Gary Harris does that a lot for them right now. Um, I, th- I think that they need to add, like, P.J. Tucker is someone who would be great for them. Like, they need to add, like, a wing person. Like, they, they don't have, like, a natural small forward, really. They're guys where they're too small or too big. So, I don't and, think and, like, that... I have a stronger core than Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> he is one of, like, he's gotten better, but he is very <laughs> upright while playing defense yeah. in a way that, like, stands out. That when dude, you're watching NBA basketball. I, I, everyone's like, he's going to be a star. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's going to be Glenn Rice. 
I love the Nuggets. Nothing wrong with like, Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was kind of a baller, <laughs> man. For like a I year. I think Glenn Rice has like he a wasn't, You know how many knee braces guy. Glenn Rice used to wear? Do you remember True. those? He would wear True. the yeah. he would wear the red Both one knees. underneath the blue one. Do you remember the Glenn Rice Sarah Palin rumor? What? Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, Ro. What? We just got our social clip. <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> Oprah. What? <laughs> I I mean I think like it's like pretty easily Googleable, but there's like a a rumor that they slept together. I'm really talking out of my ass right now. <laughs> oh, Glenn yeah. Rice and Sarah Palin. I have this could be one of those things that's been like debunked by like a million people, but it existed for a little bit. Glenn Rice from the Charlotte Hornets. And the Chicago and the Los Angeles Lakers, sorry, and the Miami Heat. And the New York Knicks. <laughs> slept with Sarah someone, Palin nineteen. Can, can someone please Google it right now? Because it's there's it's there's a rumor about it certainly. And where did they meet? It might have like why was Glenn me, Rice in Alaska? This is this is me being so reckless, but I I want to say when it was like <laughs> he was just coming out of college or something. I don't know. Someone Whoa! please Google it. Oh someone, my goodness! Someone, now this is legit. Like mini-series oh, I gotta Google it on my phone before I lose my guys. Before I get a call from my editor tomorrow. Okay. Yes, this story is what? awesome. What? Hold on, wait. What happened? They, someone whoa. read this to me. Can someone read this? The headline is she, Sarah Palin had sex with ex-NBA star Glenn Rice, snorted cocaine, and cheated on husband, book claims. I, I believe it. It's in a book. Hell yeah. That, first of all, that sounds like a bomb-ass night. That sounds rumor, like fun. One night stand. I mean, Business Insider picked up the rumor for what it's worth. That's New real. York Daily. That's real. That is a real story. As someone, oh my God. again, hate to so bring it back, the, oh as yeah. someone who has been in the press, <laughs> that shit is real. So the National Enquirer says it happened in 1987 when she was a sports reporter for an Anchorage TV station, and he was a college basketball star. Oh, my God. Bill, yeah. Walton, Bill Walton has a great quote on this, guys. So uh, Sarah Palin had an intimate relationship with Glenn Rice, question mark. Well, Rice tried to resist, uh, or maybe Rice tried to resist, but he was never one to stop anyone from scoring. <laughs> wow! Shots fired from Bill Walton, oh, wow. who is not the best defender. What? Why, Bo- why would Bobby he... Bobby Hurley also with a quote? G Rice has range, has great range, but Alaska, that's deep. These have to be <laughs> fake quotes. These have. That's to be a great fake quote quotes. from Bobby Hurley, who they're on Twitter. New York Daily News and Twitter. Yeah, Bobby I mean, Hurley I wouldn't. Literally this doesn't that. shock me. This doesn't shock me, considering that like the biggest aggregator of like memes is rex chapman that's <laughs> true that's fair but that I is totally interesting how that that anyway yeah there there's a is... there's a glenn rice tidbit for you this I is an amazing i'm so happy it we says a here. friend described palin as the aggressor with the pal reporting she hauled his ass down <laughs> yes I'm, i gotta tell you i think sarah palin's hot i'm sorry yeah, so, I mean, uh, totally. This is, uh, I mean, I know she's evil. I know all that, but like, if, if she, like, there was I would a, let her aggress me. I used I would to let a, her nail me down. I used to be a big fan of the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. I know. And and Why? he had this. I just, I don't know. I just really <laughs> liked it. I, I was like, oh, it's the dude from the Drew Carey show. All right, let's check it out. Yeah, I always, I always wanted to get my late night television. Didn't you in an do did, fish eyed lens when I couldn't understand the host? <laughs> That's true. Didn't you guest host that show? I did guest host it, and I was a guest on that show with Craig Ferguson. And my one funny 
story from from guesting my I was on the show twice with Craig Ferguson mm-hmm. my first time um he uh you know he used to make a big deal about like of ripping, ripping up the, up cards, the right. cards and throwing them throwing them away it was like his signature mm-hmm. move you know so uh, it was it was like one of my first talk shows and I came and sat down and he like made a big show and he ripped up the cards and he's like well Adam Polly now <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Long Island. And I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, yes, you are. And I was like, no, Craig, I'm not from New York. He was born in New York City, grew up in Chicago, New Jersey a little bit. He's like, oh, well, then someone must have given me the wrong information. And I was like, well, maybe it was on that card you just ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> what a wide-ranging conversation this turned out to be. I'm so happy. I'm so glad to have you. You're such a great vibe, and you're so funny and kind, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Slickback Zach, do we have any other old NBA business to take care of? The, one, the last thing that I wanted to bring up is, uh, Ro, my, my favorite team is the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. and you got mm-hmm. to do uh, an Had to get it in my, there. Had to I get had it in to. There. I had to. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> you did an interview with, with my guy, De'Aaron Fox, uh, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it was a it was a really interesting interview. Just for one thing, it came on the heels, I feel like, of his appearance on uh, The Low Post. Um, it did. That's he was right. great on that. He was really great on he that, was. too. Yeah, and he just seems like, I don't know, so much stood out to me just in terms of, like, his personal goals about wanting to make the team uh, contender and getting them back to the playoffs and, like, he seemed like such a sweet, just earnest dude. I'm, I'm curious, since you, you got to talk to him for the piece, like, um, was there anything that, you know, maybe made that, that was left on the cutting room floor or any other tidbits that, that maybe you could share with us now? Um, one thing I'll say is that uh, it was very cool of him to still do it after they'd lost, I think, two or three games in a row at that point. Like, um, you know, a lot of people, like, they'll back out of stuff or whatever or, like, you know, not that I think that we should, like, expect people to do that, but it's cool when it's like, hey, like, you know, even though it's, like, a tough thing for my team right now, um, I'll still do it. I think I got everything in there. One thing I'll say is I, I think you mentioned it, but his attitude was, was cool. It was, like, you know, he, he like, legitimately was, like, not very interested in answering my questions about, like, his personal success, but in a in a genuine way, in a genuine way, like, Sometimes people are like, oh, no, man, like, you know, that's not me. But I think that, like, you could tell from the way I was talking to him that, like, it was eating at him that they'd lost these games. And, like, it means something to him that, like, when they win, they get the, you know, that more recognition, that more respect. And, like, it's cool, like, listening to him talk about, like, how teams have adjusted to him, like, over the years and, and how he plays. And, like, you know, he wasn't, like you, – you, like, a cool thing was, you know, I asked him, like, have you noticed – teams respecting your shot more playing you differently now that you've you know improved offensively and like he took that question and was like even if that's the case like the good part about that is not that I'm being respected it's that like the more attention that's on me it's like I can I can now do this for my teammates and like you know some guys it it comes off as a little cliche but I I think it was like very cool and how genuine he was just like I think he is like a He's not always, like, talked about as, like, one of the great competitors in the league just because I think Sacramento's been not great for so many years. 14 years, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, but, like, every time I interview someone from the Kings, I, like, 
I didn't like try to like subtly be like, so your ownership's <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like one of my questions, I was like, I was like, you know, some of the things the Kings have done over the years have left people like me scratching their heads, like, uh, like trying to like put it the nicest way possible. But, you know, I, I can tell that like, he's just as competitive as, as anyone in the league, but it's, it's hard for him to reflect that when like the team and the organization struggles as much as it does. Now that Zach has asked a question, I haven't. I have to ask my my question about the Knicks. Yeah, please. And then I'll let you go. So Brian Windhorse this week said was like you know obviously praising Tibbs, and said that he thinks at least one major player in the next six months is going to demand a trade to New York. Do you have any idea who he's talking about? If I had to guess, I think it could be, like, Beal is the first guy that comes to mind just because, mm-hmm. like, he's that next guy everyone is talking about. And here's something I'll say about that. Like, I don't I don't have any, like, reporting on that situation in general. I remember, like, back when Harden was trying to get out of Houston, like, you know, some people, like, in his camp or adjacent to his camp or like, it's like the Knicks down here. It's crazy. Um, but like, you know, that's how much even them winning a little bit changes their, per- the perception of their ownership or management, et cetera. But I remember doing a story on the nets of two or three years ago. Now, you know, this was when they only had upcoming cap space. They didn't have anyone. And I think it was like, it was when Jimmy Butler was in, in Minnesota because he put the nets on his list of trade destinations and it was a little bit weird at the time because it was like, you know, it was before they signed anyone. But I think, like, players are savvy enough to know, like, this team is planning for something. This team is cap space coming up, et cetera. So, like, them taking even, like, one step in a positive direction is big. So I do think that, like, people and agents or whatever take notice. If I had to guess who he's talking about, Beal is the one that makes the most sense because, like, he's under contract. Like, he's the one who would be demanding a trade in this scenario. Like, other guys are going to have opportunities to sign there if they want to opt out, but he's the kind of person who I think like it makes sense in that scenario. And what would, I it, think take to, what would it take to get Beal for real? Can you, can you keep Beal and, and Randall? I think you can definitely, they're not going to trade like uh, Randall unless it's like a real A1, A1 guy. And I don't even know who of that is going to come on the market. I think there's maybe a way they could figure out. It depends like how intense his like request is. If he's like, you know, if it's like a Harden, which I don't think he would do, but it's like, going crazy to get out of there like you know i think that they can gain 40 around. pounds getting 40, <laughs> yeah. 40 pounds to leave <laughs> just <laughs> throwing the throwing the ball out of bounds um yeah so i don't think that uh i don't think they're gonna trade randall unless it's for like a really really big name guy ro by the time this podcast airs will kyle lowry be in philadelphia uh when's it gonna air when's the podcast gonna air <laughs> Who, know, who knows? Mark? Next week. <laughs> <laughs> the editing is going to be intense. I think if he gets moved, it's going to be like on deadline day. They're not going to be in a rush to move him. Even though he sold his house. Philadelphia? Even though he sold his house and has been telling his friends I, I mean, he's going to be in Philadelphia. I, uh, he's also living in Tampa right now. You know what I mean? But I mean, I think he gets traded, but I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like an, a thing that happens like very quickly. Like they'll, but they'll to take Philadelphia, the right? <laughs> I'm still I'm holding out hope that the Heat figure out a way somehow with that. That's what I've heard too. You know, the, yeah. you know, trade Myers happens, Leonard to Toronto, let him get cut. But, but what happens? See, with with that, 
What happens with all those point guards in the Heat? Because the Heat have at least three they, guards. They have a lot. They'd have to break it up. And I don't want Dragic to go. I wonder if Nunn has some like more value around the league right now. Just he's, he's been, been playing, playing well. well lately. Yeah. So I don't know if like they try to capitalize on that. Do you want like is Nunn a starting point guard? But if so you're rebuilding, this is like, like this is like a, a shitty thing that like every fan Twitter definitely does. But like the Heat, the Heat Twitter has been like so up and down on none where it's like every time he plays well for a few games they're like trade him now while he's good i i he's been playing really well i like it just comes down to like and i hate reducing players to this but like obviously it's like you're playing in a salary capped lead etc it's like is he going to be like worth the eventual contract you have to pay him i'm not sure but all at the same time like Dragic isn't going to play forever what is that contract though for none like i mean Who's his comp? That's another good question. I mean, it's weird because like these Brogdon. Like, he wouldn't no. make as much as Brogdon. Definitely not. Schroeder. But if you know, Schroeder, maybe yeah. like maybe like what about like Luke Kennard? Luke Kennard got well. I think, Luke four Kennard. Years that Luke Kennard contract. That was a. That was. I was going to say maybe uh, maybe Jordan Clarkson when he got in Utah. I think it was like four years, fifty-two or something like that. Yeah, so I don't Clarkson think he'd be right at great. that. High. I don't think he'd yeah. be that high, but. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just is. If they could move him in an interesting deal, I wouldn't be heartbroken. Let me put it that way. But he's he's not a bad player. Now you brought up Beal before, and this is something that we were talking about on the text chain, and uh, um, I brought. I this love up. I love that you guys have like a genuine like we're just talking about the NBA text chain. That's like genuinely cool to me. Do you want my spot in it? <laughs> yeah like yes i'm in let's ride for sure let's go you're on yeah bro, bro, it's literally all day. How zach, that's how zach got on the podcast incredible <laughs> um but i i brought this up earlier and this is something that we've been debating and it's about the warriors um mm-hmm. just so everyone gets a little bit of their their fun in but i have a theory that if there's another team that Beal would go to i think it's the warriors and i'll tell you why I think it's the Harden insurance move that keeps them good for an extra five years. Because Clay, we don't know what that's going to look like. And with Beal and Curry, you get that no matter what. And if Clay comes back to Clay, then you move Beal into the old Harrison Barnes slot, and he's way better than Barnes, and you get to win again. Um, now, I don't know what that deal looks like. It's probably Weissman, Minnie's pick, and Ubre. But uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about Golden State going all in like that on a, on a star? I'm incredibly in on Golden State going all in, okay? Like, Steph Curry's not getting any younger. And, like, their, you know, their ownership likes to play this, like, we're, like, 20,000 feet up in the sky, man. Like, we, we know what's <laughs> happening for the next 10 years. It's like, listen, you hit two insane lottery picks with Steph's ankle injury like and that reducing his value for a little bit and then the cap spike letting you get Durant and like Durant wanting to sign there like they had like a bunch of they had like six once in a lifetime things happen you know what I mean Steve Kerr exactly so I don't think that they should like keep assuming the luck's gonna continue like when you have someone playing as good as Steph is like go all in try to get another championship or two like there's like you know, I, I don't I think the top of the league is good, but there's no like boogeyman that you're like they're definitely winning no matter what. Like there's an opportunity for them. They should absolutely go all in. 
you know, I was kind of surprised that they traded Russell for Wiggins. Um, I I thought they could have gotten. I just at the time D'Angelo's value was a lot higher than it is now. He was coming off that All Star season. You know, and I think that Golden State could have like any struggles he had that year. People could have just been like, "Well, this is a weird year. No Steph, no Clay." Um, you know, I thought they would move him for a couple guys, and like at the very least, that gets you like more movable contracts. I was surprised they just took on Wiggins and his big number, but you know, all that's being said is like I I just wonder how much value Wiggins has around the league. But with See, that I don't mini, think I don't think but, Wiggins but has. That, that's the thing is if you have the the mini pick and Wiseman and you're willing to put those on the table, I would do it. They all listen. They already kind of messed up probably not taking Lamelo. Um, so at that point, it's like listen, if you can get Beal, and like this season he's going to be great, and then next year you have Clay, Beal, Steph, and Draymond. Like hell yeah, I, I you know, at some I'm I'm the kind of person that's like if you're an NBA GM and like you have a championship window like mortgage the future a little bit like in a guy like steph is once in a generation so i think they should absolutely push their chips in what do you think about the fit of of beal with steph though that's the one thing that like no it'll be great like beal like beal used to play with wall who is like a more ball dominant player than steph is you know beal's already great working off the ball and then beyond that like steph is not the guy who's running 50 pick and rolls a game he's he's going to do all that off-ball stuff that he does and like like he would be great there he would be great there so do you think that that's a possibility i mean i mean i think Beal's probably the only one they would do it for right now i mean oh, there's a couple other players that come to mind but do you think that's the play in golden state do you think they're the silent killer at the deadline it's possible i just my, I have like a sinking feeling they're going to be more gun shy than I want them to be. Like, I could see them offering one of Wiseman or the mini pick, but I'd be it's surprised if, the, yeah, and that's the problem. It's like I'd be, I think they should give up both, but I think that they might. I think that they might not. I I think that Beal, like just from Warriors Twitter and like you mm-hmm. know Warrior fans in general, I think Beal's a guy that we would probably we would be okay with, like actually being like the guy to go after. But also, when you say oh gamble a little bit of the future, the future is really not that far away. You get Clay back next year. You have Weissman a year developed. You have uh, uh, potentially two first round picks coming in, um, and hopefully an, a better crack at filling out a bench uh, that they kind of, you know, maybe get a backup point guard better than Wanamaker and, um, or get lucky enough to get like a Jalen Suggs. Um, so I don't know. I don't think um, great. If we, you know, want to make a move for Beal, love it. But I, I, I think that the play of being conservative it could reap the same well, reward. Well, on that front, Mark, do you, and Ro, do you think that um, the strength of this year's draft is going to, make the deadline kind of anticlimactic because uh, the way I count it, there's almost six to seven franchise-changing talents in this draft. So a team like the Knicks, the Warriors, you know, possibly two lottery picks. Are you, is this the year to give that up to get Beal? The problem this year is that it's like, it can really cut either way because the teams are so bunched up that I think, you can talk yourself into like the heat, for example, I know I lean on them, but it's like you're 500, but you're also not that far from like 
getting back into the conference finals, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like, well, if you can sneak into the conference finals, then it's like anything can happen in that series. You know what I mean? So it's like, do you, you know, gamble a little bit? And it's like, you know, on one hand, teams might not be willing to give up a first round pick. On the other hand, it's like that first round pick might be so so valuable that it gets you more this year than it gets you in the past that I think it's going to be unpredictable. I, could, I hate to be that guy that it's like, oh, this could go either way, Bob. But like, no, but it could it can, blow up. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I could see, I could see teams talking themselves into doing wild shit. Well, Ro, it's been a half hour since I last said this, but you've said it all. <laughs> and <laughs> I really, I, I am so thankful again for you for coming on. Um, this has been uh, so fun, so informative. I'm sorry about that Casey Wilson joke. Um, <laughs> people, when, when it's edited out, people have no, no idea what you're talking it. about. No we'll just have a great inside but joke. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry between you and me. I, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 